My name's Christopher Regan. Yes, if you'd like to take a walk, maybe walk down Molesworth Street where you'll see all the for sale and for lease signs from the shops that virtually didn't reopen again after the flood because they just couldn't afford it. And the last time I took count, there was 48 shops that were all closed. So that should give you a bit of an idea of the damage done. I live in Crown Street, South Lismore. One of the most flooded areas of Lismore. Crown Street flows along, but then it goes down into a dip. So mine's probably about two, three foot lower than the other houses. Just on street level. I was working out at Bluesfest. So I was out of town. So um, I could not get back in. The lady across the road, she's a, her house is a lot higher than mine. So hers was on stilts, so it did not get into her house. So she was still in it. And she sent me a photo and just said, prepare yourself. But I was just imagining it was like just up to the floorboards, what it was in the 100-year flood. Didn't wasn't really worried, and then she sent me the photo, and it was just, okay. There's a lot of water there. And the sense of it would be a normal-sized house, if it wasn't on stilts, would have been completely covered over. That's the best way to describe it. So if it wasn't on stilts, it would have been over the roof. Or well, it might have been a bit of a roof sticking out, but not much. I think it all happened early Friday morning, so it was late Sunday afternoon that I actually got back into the house. Or could actually get across the bridge to get into the house. The closest you could get, I think, was Dawson Street. And that's where the waterline went to. So unless you're in a boat or a canoe, there was just no getting through town. And even around the back way, coming around, if you wanted to come back around the showgrounds, you couldn't get through there either. So it's just a waiting game in limbo. Not really. You kind of like, when I got the photograph, I knew kind of like what to expect. My floor's probably seven foot off the ground. It's already on stilts. So then it went another three and a half feet through the house. So virtually up to halfway up past the windows. So if you can imagine the, just a normal room, the windows are on the middle. and So it was virtually halfway up the house. Uh, looking out, you just saw Brown, like the next door neighbour's place. And say looking out from there, all the grass was just brown, waterlogged. Uh, because there was so much um, paint shops, car workshops. So it was just oil, paint, grease, petrol. And all mixed in with that lovely brown water. And you could see it in your house. Like when you first get there, you walk walking up the stairs, you've got to be very careful because it's just brown grime just over every step. So, and then you walk into the house and none of the furniture's where it should be, you know. Two three seater sofa beds, and they're heavy as. They take about four people to lift them, but one was just tossed on the other. And that's how much strength it had in that water. and how it went through and they were brown as well the kitchen was brown, everything was brown so that's my sense of colour I lost everything except for my clothes and a hard wooden bed otherwise everything else went all the uh, mattresses TVs, computers my diplomas and certificates they were just too wet and couldn't uh, same. 
a lot of my flatmate stuff went as well. She was a mad photographer and she had so much photography gear and her laptop and everything. So all her work for the last five or six years had just gone. And you kind of like feel guilty in a way because it's your house and you kind of offer sanctuary in a way. But, um, and you do feel guilty because they lost all their stuff. My leather jacket and all my favourite paisley shirts and western shirts, they were all saved because they were hanging up in the cupboard. So about three inches of the above the shirt line was wet, but they were salvageable. But apart from that, nothing. Everything was gone. Well, it looked like a war zone because you drive along the streets and even in front of my place, like the whole footpath was just furniture. Plates and old bikes and golf clubs and pots and pans, <laughs> fridges, lounges. Yeah, just seeing how much stuff. And they did a great job there, the cleaning it up. They got rid of it pretty quickly, which helped because that way you didn't have to look at it for too long. Yeah, seeing all your life out on the front of the... Um, oh, not so much your life, but seeing it, oh yeah, what you worked hard for. Seeing it out on the ground, yeah. I was still alive and everyone around the community, there wasn't any lives lost around our area. So I think, yeah, as long as you're walking and talking and breathing, uh, it's only furniture and it's only, it's all replaceable, but you can't replace a life, can you? So that was one good thing that everyone was safe. It took forever to clean the place. The bathtub, if you could imagine, like the mud was just so thick and brown rummaging through all the stuff and then you try to scrub things down but especially the dark black places i've got a black bench top and you wipe it down and it's just streaks like it just streaks back up again asked a few friends could they come around and help not realizing that they lived around a corner and were going through the same stuff so it was kind of like oh i would crisp but we're flooded in as well you know so but then uh, my sister came over with a couple of her friends and my friend dean and Sarah come around, she was great, she came around for two days and totally, and a lot of the SES workers were coming in and, well the volunteers, you know, it looked like a tip outside because everyone's just, everything just got thrown over the balcony. Cupboards, beds, mattresses, I had the house for about two years so I had it furnished out the way I wanted it and everything so, I ended up throwing out most of all the pots and pans underneath because it just wasn't worth keeping anything. Because it was just too, uh, too brown, too chemically. The amount of chemicals that would have gone through the house as well. Fran and Johnny were great too. They come around with a gurney and they spent all day just gurning the outside of the house and inside the house. So you don't really think you're going to have to put a hose through your own house inside. Yeah, so I had a lot of great help. But it was good because I'm always one of these people that like when the SES people come around, volunteers, it's like, oh, no, I'll be right. Don't like asking, but in the end I thought, no, I've got to ask. It's just too much work. And it's pretty emotional. My, my flatmate, she lost everything, like I said. So trying to be positive for her, really, and oh, for everyone else too. It's pretty daunting. Because it's the first time I've ever been through something like that. Before I go on... If you'd like to turn around and retrace your steps back to the quad, I'll be with you.
I had insurance but not flood insurance and because the government called it a natural disaster a lot of the insurance companies accepted insurance I mean natural disaster but I was with Allianz and they said no it was flood they didn't accept that it was caused by a storm I got a little money from underneath the house because I accepted that there was three foot of storm water so they accepted that so but that was hardly enough to replace everything and time I give a bit of money to the other people they lost stuff as well so and then when I changed insurance companies I let it go for about nine months where I didn't have it and then went and went to the over 50s mob and then we found out they're affiliated with the Alliance anyway so they're all hooked in together so you can't really escape them wouldn't want to go through it again I think I'd sell up next time and I've been waiting to get the house raised as well put in for a grant three years ago and I was supposed to go it last year I was one of the top five to uh, get the house raised but they only got enough money for two houses for the grant so put off again now till September next year I'll find out whether I uh, they pay two thirds and I've got to pay a third so so it's not cheap to do it yourself it's well over 120000 which is probably half the price of the house a lot of people deal with Things differently, I mind's humour. I did try to sell it with water views, but back in the day. Well, the community was great at the time. Like, I got a fridge and a stove. I put my name down, that's what I needed, and I got a call about two months later saying, yeah, they've come through. That was a lot of good news. My nephew, he has his own firewood business out at um, Alstonville. He dropped over a bit of wood for me to help my, me dry out my house. And he had that much wood there that he put out a notice and whoever needed wood, we went over and dropped off bags of wood to all the places around. A lot of the houses and a few of the shops actually, so helped with the dry out process and he did that all free of charge. It was all just donated, so uh, you look at that type of stuff and, you know, there's a lot of really good people out there. Flood-wise, they're probably better prepared for it. But if it's anything like 2017, you, you can't control that much water. And it's got to go somewhere. And if it happens up north, you know, the drainage out at the front of my house, that fills up pretty quickly and they never come and clean it out. That's what I think councils should do. That's what they're paid for. But you can imagine how much offcuts and how much dirt and grime is going down those drains. They're never there cleaning them. And then unless you're, you get to mow it yourself and whip a snipper and to keep it all down. So I think they will be better prepared for it if it's just a natural flood but if you get another cyclones and stuff like that, I don't think it's going to be prepared. It's not going to matter. Well, thanks for listening to my flood story. I hope you got a bit of an idea of what we went through and how high the level was. And um, if you could head back to the shipping container and uh, bring back your gumboots and your headsets and your raincoat, that'd be great. <laughs>